Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Habits Habit podcast. We want to make a habit of making good habits. So this is a podcast about habits, about happiness, and about human behavior. Uh, And our goal here is to help uh, inspire and empower people to make positive changes in their life. That all sounds very uh, wishy-washy, frankly, um, now that I've said it out loud. But it's, you know, it's a nice thing to want to do. Um, It is a, a great privilege um, to introduce my guest on the show today. Uh, Rob and his wife Yvonne lost 13 stone uh, between them uh, and now uh, Rob uh, alongside his full-time job uh, is I suppose sort of like a health and wellness um, ambassador and uh, advocate uh, and so he does a lot of really good stuff like he'll offer on LinkedIn just to, to randomly help anyone who's struggling with um, losing weight just you know open line get in touch with Rob and, and he'll do what he can to point you in the right direction um, so I was interested to talk to Rob uh, about how he went about losing the weight and um, I was really happy to hear actually about the way he lost his weight um, uh, which you'll hear about in a second one of the things that I think is really interesting and I've been thinking about it a lot since I spoke to Rob was I say, everyone says, Rob and his wife Yvonne lost 13 stone between them. I think Rob lost seven and a half and, and maybe Yvonne lost five and a half. But what nobody says is, or, you know, it doesn't even occur to you to ask, well, how long did that take? Um, and I think that's interesting when you hear Rob talk about how he went about it and the journey that he was on. Whereas most of us, when we say we're going to lose weight, we are very specific about, I want to lose a stone in the next one month, two months, five months, six months, whatever it is. Um, so I think uh, it's timely because I'm releasing this on New Year's Day on the 1st of January. I don't know when uh, you might listen to it, but if you're listening to it uh, around now and you're looking to lose weight this year, I think this will be a huge help for you. So here's Rob uh, and uh, you'll find out more about him. I'll give you the links to his site uh, at the end of the podcast. So for, for anyone who doesn't know your story, you're internet famous in Ireland um, because you and your wife uh, together lost 13 stone, which is, it, it's me, basically. I weigh just over 13 stone now. So you basically, between you, lost me. That It's some achievement, yeah. really. Yeah, who wants to lose you, Brian? We don't want to lose you. If it's any no. consolation, it's probably in and around what I'm weighing at the moment as well. So yeah, it's... And when you think of it like that, yeah, Jesus, because I wouldn't give anybody the challenge even to try and lift me now, even at just under 13 stone. So, yeah, it is an, an awful lot of weight when you put it like that. Um, how, from a habit point of view, how long, so at your heaviest, you were around 20 stone, is that right? Yeah, I'd say even probably a little bit before we decided to make the change, I possibly could have been up to 21 stone, and that would have been maybe 10 years ago or so. But when we decided to make the change, Four years ago, I was just over 20 stone. I just tipped the scales at 20 stone. One of the things I'm most interested in is, is going backwards. If it's, if, and I'm sorry, some of these questions might seem crude if you weren't who you are talking about what you're talking about <laughs> to the extent that you're asking people about their weight. But were you always overweight as in as a child or as a teenager? Or was it, did you gradually become in your kind of 20s or when? Yeah, no, it's a good question because it it is something that always comes up, but it was probably gradually. It was one of those things, and, and, and when I'm talking now to people about losing weight, and I always say to them, one thing you do need to give up is excuses. And I probably had a book of excuses as to why I wasn't losing weight and why I couldn't lose weight, and nothing generic or 
connected to any sort of health reasons but just silly reasons although when i was a teenager i was 14 i was diagnosed with epilepsy so i had to stop playing the sport that i was playing went into a sort of a a recluse mode that i was wasn't really out much with the lads we had moved house so i didn't have the same friends and that was combined with the epilepsy i struggled a bit then in school so i went from being in the top class in school to to more or less struggling to read and write again i kind of kept it all to myself as well and tried to get through those barriers myself which probably looking back was the wrong thing to do in fact it was the wrong thing to do so i never really told too many people that i was i could see the words on pages when i was in school but actually saying them or reading them i wasn't able to and it was all to do with the the epilepsy as it being a neurological condition so thankfully that was 26 years ago now 27 years ago now and i'm past the epilepsy i've been 15 years seizure free but it did affect me in that time between sort of the age of probably 14 to 24 when i last took a, a seizure and it was a struggle but i gave up the sport i gave up the, the activities that i was doing the soccer the gaa um, and kind of just sat around feeling sorry for myself i suppose for a long time um, I'm with Yvonne since I'm 20, the both of us were 20, so we're 21 years together now. And I probably was, even then, overweight, but not to the extent that I was 21 stone. I, I don't know what weight I was, but gradually over the years, the 15, 16 years before we decided to make the change, it was probably just a, a gradual sort of 10 pound maybe every year that you'd put on. Well, that, that's really interesting because that's what I was going to come to. Like, I, I, is there a point, I, I just for, for your information and for everyone else's as well, in the last four years, maybe, now I was starting underweight because I was doing running and stuff, but I have put on three stone in the last four years. And it, like, it looks okay on me. You wouldn't describe me as being overweight, but it just occurred to me that there's only one kind of inevitable outcome if I keep going like this and it is gradual it is that kind of a pound a month but over a year that's nearly a stone and two years you're two stone overweight and all of a sudden three years from now I could be 16 stone six years it it just that's one of the things I wanted to know it was at that kind of uh, roughly say a pound a month which it doesn't seem that much but Mm -hmm. obviously over 12 months it's pretty much a stone if you give or take and then add two years, three years, four years. So there's no point where you go from being like skinny or normal weight to, to fat. It's almost you don't notice until you're like, Jesus, I'm 20 stone. How the fuck did that happen? Yeah, and it probably was for a certain amount of time was probably gradually. But looking back, like we're 14 years married this year and even on my wedding photographs, even like I know from the suit that I was wearing at, at our wedding, um, like the jacket was a size 50. The trousers were a 44. So that was like 14 years ago. So I didn't, I don't think I put on a huge amount of weight after that, but it was just gradually. What you're trying to do, I suppose, during that time is you're always trying to lose a bit of weight and try a few different things and these fad diets and anything from the Atkins diet to a cabbage soup diet to a, a slim fast diet to whatever you might think is going to work for you. But we all know, and I know now, none of them actually work long term none of them are sustainable so i probably lost the same 10 pound over 10 years on 10 different diets so to speak but they're very hard to keep off it was very hard to to 
maintain those sort of crash diets that you might be on because you're still living, you're still going on holidays, you're still going out with the lads, you're still going out for meals. So it's very hard to know to do one of those crash diets. And that's why I'd, I'd, my first bit of advice to anybody trying to lose weight is to absolutely ditch any sort of diet that you're on. You need to buy into the long-term lifestyle change, as cliche as it sounds. But that's what worked for us four years ago. And it was only then that something clicked and we still don't know what it was and we can't really put our finger on what it was. But something changed in the course of those two weeks where we just decided we really need to do something. Yvonne was 14 and a half stone. I was just over 20 stone. So we knew we needed to do something. We probably knew we needed a long time beforehand but for that particular week after coming back from the holiday in Spain and um, we went to a wedding over there we were looking at videos and, and photographs and stuff like that and we were just taught people were I don't think people were laughing at us in the video but we kind of looked like that when you look back in the video of the the wedding dance floor and you're thinking are people laughing with us at us it doesn't really matter we were just looking at ourselves thinking we're not laughing and, and, and if anything we were nearly crying looking at it so it was like now, we, we need to change. We have two young boys and something has to give. Um, can I ask then, um, I want to talk about pretty much everything you've said there, but it, let's start with one of them. Given that I'm talking about habits or that's my real interest in chatting to you about this, why do you reckon the fad diets don't work? Is it just impossible to keep up the habit of doing whatever the fad is, whether it's, as you say, Atkins only eating meat or whether it's you can't keep it up, you just go back to what you know? Is, is it as simple as that? It, it is really as simple as that. And any, what we were trying to do was incorporate something into our lifestyle, but making it you know healthy or making it sustainable. So if you take these two-week, 14-day quick fix that are going to detox you like people might lose a stone on them and of course you're going to lose a stone if you're going from eating what we'd all class as normal wherever normal is to you to all of a sudden drinking cabbage soup for two weeks of course you're going to lose weight but as soon as you go back then to eating to normal what we know is normal you're going to gradually put that back on so to me, like a diet is something that somebody goes on if they're going on holidays in a month's time or they have a wedding coming up and they want to fit into that dress or that pair of speedos to go on holidays or wherever it might be. They want to look better on the beach. They want to look better in the wedding photographs. They go on this crash diet for two months, whatever it is. And that works. But what happens is the wedding comes, the holiday comes, and then you just go back to I fit into these jeans, I'm, I'm happy out, I'm just going to go back to the drinking that I was doing, the eating that I was doing, and the jeans might fit for the holiday, but after that, they probably won't fit you again, because you're just going back, you're putting that time frame on something, and once it comes and you get there, you go back to it, what you know of as normal, I suppose. Okay, and so if you think about this in terms of uh, goal setting, uh, for example, and you think, was your how did you approach making these habits sustainable? So did you say, I'm go I want I'm going to lose six stone, or did you start much smaller and say I'm going to lose a pound this month, or what was the process? Because I can imagine again in terms of if you're listening or if you're overweight or whatever, thinking I have to lose six stone and converting that to pounds, whatever it is, it's would it, it might seem like too big a mountain to climb and that's 
generally what happens as well people will say look I, I need to lose five stone i'll say to them try and lose five pounds start off small you really have to start small it, it's a bit like if you're gonna say i'm gonna run a marathon you don't go get go up get changed go out and run 26 miles you gradually build it up until you're able to get to the 26 miles so it, it's the same process when any sort of goal setting whether it's a sales team trying to lose weight, trying to climb a mountain, trying to run a marathon or any sort of challenge. It's the same. You have to break it down. But even going back to before that, Brian, we kind of looked down and, and looked back and, and we, we sat down and we said, why do we want to do it? Like we knew, I was amazed when I went to the doctor and, and the doctor told me, yes, you're overweight. But it was, I was amazed I hadn't got the conditions like type 2 diabetes or conditions with the different organs that are associated with obesity because no matter what way you look at it at, at almost 21 stone and five foot eight i was ginormous and and i knew i had to i knew i had to change so i i was lucky in that i didn't surpass the conditions that might come with obesity I counted myself as lucky and I said, right, I need to do this. We need to do it for our health. We need to do it for Liam and Tommy, who at the time were four and four and eight. And we we said, look, I can't play football with them. I can't tie their laces. I can't even tie my own laces. I wanted to get down on the ground and play Lego with them or wherever it was. And I struggled to do all of that. And I remember back to my dad playing with me and, and anybody's parents playing with them. And I even put myself in their shoes thinking like, what must they think of me when I'm around at the school collecting them or I'm bringing them to their activities and, and they're seeing this 20 stone man, even though you're still their dad. The, the lads go to a, an Irish school here in Lucan and a lot of the fathers just coincidentally have sporting backgrounds. So some of them were Dublin GAA players, some of them were world champion boxers, some of them were League of Ireland players. So they're quite fit lads. And then I'm in the middle of them all at 20 stone and I kind of thought, almost lean feel now getting a little bit older me in the middle of a welterweight world champion and a league of ireland player and i just thought it's not fair on them so it was more even doing it for them and ourselves but definitely more for for them and i think that strong worry and that strong motive is what kept us going so it wasn't a christmas is coming or a wedding is coming or a holiday is coming or we've got a big birthday coming up or wherever it might be it was long term it was for the kids it was for or health so it was always going to be that lifestyle change that long-term goal and there was no real target put on it as such it was just let's start small break it down write down and we, we both gave ourselves a target of a half a stone to lose and amazingly i lost in two weeks and i just thought actually what we're doing is working let's keep going where i think if you give yourself that large target to hit first you're always chasing it you're always it always seems like you're miles away. So having that half stone target and reaching it in two weeks, I thought then I was invincible. I thought I could achieve anything. And I just kept going. But I always gave myself just that pound a week. If I can lose a pound a week, I'm happy out. And over the course of two years, I lost 104 pound, which is exactly a pound a week. Didn't always work out like that every week. But that's what it, it, it leveled out at was a pound a week. Do you think that part of the reason a lot of people struggle is that they set the bar too high? So they say, I'm going to lose a stone in the next month. And then when they don't, they just abandon ship and they they give up on it. 
Yeah, like, I, I think so. Like that, if I'm setting a target for somebody now, I would make it lower on the basis that they're going to reach it and be much happier. And it's the same. It's just flipping your mentality. So if you come to me and say, I want to lose three stone, I'll say lose a half a stone. And in a month, if they lose 10 pounds, they've overachieved. But if they come to me wanting to lose three stone and in a month they lose 10 pounds, they're still way off the target. They're thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm still chasing, I'm, I've, I've still got another 30 pounds to lose. Where if you flip it, they're going to be happy that they're overachieving and they're more likely to stay on the wagon, so to speak, and stay with it and stick with it because they are overachieving. And people give themselves too much to do too quick. It does take time and, and it's unfortunate that it takes time. But we know after losing the weight, like we've lost, we lost 13 stone in 2018. Two years later, we've kept it off, give or take probably 10 pounds between us. So we've kept it off because it was long term, because we brought it into our life, wherever we changed was sustainable. And, and one of the reasons is the targets that people give themselves at the start are too big. You disappoint yourself. And if you're disappointed, you're in a bad mood. If you're in a bad mood, you're going to make bad habits. You're going to make bad choices. So it's keep it's flipping it's flipping it to a, actually I've overachieved. Even though I have a long way to go, I know that. But you're, you're actually overachieving or you're achieving all the time. If you're losing any weight every week, you're achieving if, if your goal is to lose weight. So if you're losing, no matter what it is, you're still losing. So it, it's keeping yourself happy with that. Because people do. I still have lads and I say to them, look, aim for a pound this week. And they say, no, I want to lose five pounds this week. And they'll come back and they lose three or four pounds, which is brilliant. But that will stop. I know. I've been there. I've I've given myself high targets and, and end up putting on three pounds because you might do too much weight or you might make a few bad choices or wherever it, whatever it might be, something's changed in your body that you've actually put on the three pound this week. So it's it's being rational about it as well and being realistic. And I always say, look, if you can lose ten pounds in a week, you can also put it on in a week. I'd rather have the pound off, pound on every week. And like I knew three or four months ago, things are getting a little bit tighter now. I'll beat them. So it's smaller, so it's medium and not an XXXL anymore. I decided, you know, I might need to change. I might need to go back to the drawing board and see what I'm doing wrong here. What can I change here to make sure I don't go back to where I was? Even And that might have been just at the six pound mark. But definitely, yes, giving yourself too high a target, too high a mountain to climb. Again, it's like the marathon. It's you're climbing Everest. You want to try and climb some of the, the smaller mountains first. It, it, it doesn't happen. You need to give yourself a smaller target. And you need to make it sustainable as well. You need to make it something that you can do every day. It's something small changes equal big results. But they need to be small. They need to be. You can't go from like that, eating three meals a day and three snacks a day to just having cabbage soup. It, it needs to be something that you can incorporate into your life. How can I make my breakfast a little bit healthier? Can I add more veg to my lunch? Change the, the, meat, the dinner that I'm having in the evening? Am I having too much? Am I having the right stuff? How can I change it? If I'm getting a takeaway curry three times a week, can I make a homemade healthier version of that? They're the changes that you need to make. One thing that I've um, discovered from the chats I've had in this podcast that's been really interesting to me is... Uh, how much uh, everyone knows about these things. So listening to you there, 
Um, you could have been reading from any one of a number of habit books or goal setting books or change your life books, self-help books that, that I uh, have read or that I know of. Like how much did you, do you know about this stuff in terms of having read about it or learned about it? And how much of it is just, I don't know, stuff from your journey or stuff that... It's, yeah, look, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert in, in nutrition. I'm not an expert in weight loss. I'm just a person that lost seven and a half stone. So any advice that I'm passing on to people or splurting out is, is stuff that worked for me. Does it work for everybody? Possibly not. But it, it's very, it is very basic. But we all know what we should and shouldn't eat. We all know that, you know... That extra slice of cake, and I won't say the slice of cake, it's that extra slice of cake mightn't be good for us. You don't you don't lose weight by having one salad or you don't put on weight by having one burger and chips. It needs to be stuff that you're doing consistently. It needs to be stuff that's every day, you know, and, and I'm only saying things that work for me. I'm not reading from books. I'm not it's stuff now that I know has worked for me, but I'm not coming at it from an expert point of view. I'm coming at it from somebody that's when I'm talking to lads, and I mainly work with lads now, where lads that are probably in the same age bracket as me, which is 41, so that middle-aged working father that's, that's struggling, that's tried everything and it hasn't worked. And I think the reason they might relate to me is because I've been there and done that. So I'm not a dietitian or a nutritionist telling them they need to eat more veg, they need to do this, they need to do that. I'm saying what works for me, it's quite simple, but it has to be something that you can gradually add into your daily life and it needs like we as i say we know what we should and shouldn't need but why are we doing it a lot of us that we're trying to lose weight have these desires to lose weight but our actions don't match up to our desires either and we need to figure out why so if you want to lose weight you need to take action to do it you need to be very disciplined but you need to be consistently disciplined so it takes an awful lot of hard work we know what we should be eating but actually, sometimes we want that bar of chocolate and that's fine. It's having, not having the second bar of chocolate or the, throughout the day. So we now have our, our treats in the evening and we still have our treats in the evening. But we try and save them for the evening. It's harder now during lockdown when we're both working from home and the kids are here now on midterm. So you're trying to entertain them as well. And, and there's other distractions that are there. But we still need to make those better choices. No matter what the situation, you still have a choice. So... You have to ask yourself, what do I want more? And and it was one of those things that I had to keep asking myself throughout that two-year period of trying to lose weight. What do I want more? Is it that donut or is it the, the weight loss on the scales at the end of the week? And it's really, you really have to be tough on yourself and you have to go all in. You have to be consistently disciplined. And it is hard. Like, it, there's no way around it. It's a hard thing to do. I know because it took 20 years probably to do it. But when I went all in and I went for the lifestyle change and I approached it correctly and did everything I can to do it, it worked. And it worked in a way that it's continued to work because now it's just the norm that we don't drink alcohol. It's the norm that we'd have porridge for breakfast. It's the norm that we try and drink as much water as we can during the day. It's the norm that we'll have for plate with veg, quarter protein, quarter carbs. It's the norm that we don't really have takeaways anymore. And it's just the way we're living now. And some people might say, oh, geez, I couldn't give up the wine. I couldn't give up the takeaways. And that's fine. Can you cut them down? And if people are saying no, like something has to give somewhere. 
you, like you really have to you can't just want to lose weight but not take any actions to do it you really have to put in the, the hard work and by the hard work just the food choices you're making the cooking from home the making your own healthier version of different things that you like but we know what we should be eating but it's actually taking action to do it that's the hard think- part yeah isn't it just i was going to cut the interview short once you said gave up drinks say no rob this isn't going to work we're off we're off get it get rid of him this man's a madman <laughs> and- a zero zero option which was very uh interested in now i have to say you yeah. I, had a point. I had a point again it's actually my father-in-law passed away in february and at the the funeral i had a point again so it was the last time i had a drink and probably the first time in four years as well um, and I couldn't actually even finish the point, which was a shame, really. But yeah, it, it just, again, it's just something we didn't do it actually to lose weight. It wasn't we were drinking loads and we felt we needed to give it up. It was the other things. And again, bringing the boys into it, you're bringing them to the soccer and GEA on a Saturday and a Sunday. And you, you don't want to be standing on the sideline with the woolly hat on and the hangover. Hangovers never really suited me. And then it was the bad choices you made. Before you had a drink, after you had a drink, the next day, probably the next day again, if you've had too much to drink. So we just said, look, we'll cut it down for the first few months. We cut it right down within a month to the fact that we weren't actually drinking any and didn't really miss it. So it wasn't, again, it was just something that, that happened. Yes, Yvonne will have the odd gin and tonic here and there. I said I had a, a point again this in February. I'd have the odd Heineken Zero. If I wanted to have a drink, I'd have one. But it's not an, an, an issue for us anymore. And it's not something that bothers us really. It, it, funny enough, it, it, it bothers other people more than it bothers us. And it is a funny thing that people are, are more bothered about you not drinking. I don't know whether it, it's an eye opener to the amount of drink that they have. or I don't know, but it, it's a funny one. It, it, alcohol is a funny um it's a funny drug or addiction that it's probably the only addiction that people will try and get you back onto if yeah. you give it up people are always twisting your arms and you'll have the one if you were a heroin addict they wouldn't say here you can have a little bit here i don't even know what heroin is sold in or, or is it a bag or a, 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 a some type of weight or a liquid i don't know what it is but it's like alcohol somebody is always trying i have the one point have the one glass it won't kill you they always try and get you back onto it. So it's one of those, it's a funny thing, alcohol. And I think we're seeing during lockdown, the relationship people and maybe Irish people or maybe it's it global have with alcohol. The dependence on it in this country is frightening. I know one of the radio stations were talking about it last week. It really is scary that we have that much dependency on alcohol, but we do. I don't have an issue with it, but we actually do have that real dependency on alcohol like people were saying people were saying if they close down the off license if they close down the pubs but if they shut down the supermarket sales there'd be a revolution like and there possibly would be because people would be up the opinion so what else do we have we we need that glass of wine we need that alcohol and if you do be i was that person that had the, the glass of wine every second night or had a few beers or had a few points with the lads when you're at a football match or whatever but it is scary the the dependency we have on it, um. But look, it, do, it doesn't bother me. Is that if, if I go to a a gathering, that, not that we've done them recently, but you know, I'll, I'll bring the Heineken Zero. We we did it through the the barbecues during the the summer or earlier on in the year. I went to a 
I went to Munich for a 40th there last year, just after the Oktoberfest. I drank litres and litres of alcohol-free beer, which was great because I was still the last man standing in the evening. I was still the one singing at three o'clock in the morning in the bar. And I definitely wasn't the one having the kebab at home on the way home. So I, I remember coming, going into McDonald's in, in um, Munich on the way home one of the nights looking for a coffee at three in the morning and I got laughed at. So... Uh, the, ca- <laughs> the cafe the McDonald's had closed about probably 10 hours like but I wasn't going for the the, the food or the burger or anything like that let me ask you a couple of things about that Rob if I can so uh, one of them is about uh, identity so uh, one of the theories of habit change is that uh, if you change your if you approach change from an identity point of view so for example, it, it the science says that if your goal is to run a marathon or run a half marathon, what tends to happen is once you achieve that goal uh, of whatever it is, half marathon, a, a lot of people just stop running. Um, whereas if your goal is to be a healthier person or a person who exercises regularly or something like that, you're more likely to keep up the running. And I think the same probably holds true for uh, weight loss. So if your aim is to be healthy or to be a healthier person or a person who looks after themselves or a person who eats right or whatever else it is rather than specifically a person who is going to lose three stone then um, you don't reach it there's no end to the journey yeah it's yeah another good question it is it's that yes the the, the original sort of goal was to lose weight but the overall goal was to become healthier and I thought as well, it was to become happier as well. It was to get rid of that shame that we had. And that's not to say, like, I, I speak about happiness. I'm a much happier person now. Myself and Yvonne are much happier now than we probably were four or five years ago. And that's just because the weight loss has enabled us to do other things. It's given us other goals and challenges in life as well. It's it's about the happiness you get from helping others now. So there's different, and that's not to say people that have weight issues can't be happy. You can, and I would have been happy, a happy person then, but I am happier now. And I think that just resulted in the weight loss. It, it resulted in the doors that were open because of the weight loss. Um, so it, it, it's a funny one, but yeah, when you have that target, it can't, and that's a lot of people will have that. I want to lose three stone, lose the three stone, and a year later they put it back on. And maybe that's the reason why is because they just had that target, they got there, and that was it. Where again, as cliche as it sounds, you have to look long term. You have to look if you're, if you're looking at losing weight for a wedding, look at it as the wedding of your children or the wedding of your grandchildren that aren't even born yet. It's that long term. That's where I want to look fit and healthy is for when the boys are getting married 20 years down the line when you still have to grow up and do the speech which obviously I have no problem doing the speech but I'm much happier and confident doing the speech at 12 and a half stone than I was at 21 stone okay yeah that, that's a good point in terms of how far into the future to look and I think again that's the same for any I think habit that you want I suppose, in a way, you should be looking maybe at habits as if you don't want to do it for the rest of your life, it mightn't be the right habit to take up. Maybe. I haven't, yeah. I haven't really given it much thought. But um, you said a couple of other things that I found really interesting, one of which is on a personal level. Um, for me, and, and maybe you talk to me about what the experience was for you. For me, the bad habit uh, around my diet actually happens 
in the shop. So what I mean by that is that they've done research and studies that, uh, around smoking and find that when people tend to buy cigarettes, it's not because they're craving a cigarette. It's not because um, they really want to smoke then. Uh, it's just that's when they always buy cigarettes. So they're in it's about in a habit context it's about the cue and the response they are they're they're in the place where they always buy cigarettes so they buy cigarettes it's got nothing to do with wants desires cravings whatever else and i personally am a bit like that in the shops like i i buy junk food i have a very sweet tooth and the problem for me is so if my wife does the shopping i will have a much better week in terms of eating because the stuff just isn't in the house yeah um and so like when i was thinking about how can I uh, make this work? So things like doing my shopping online only so that I don't pick up all the stuff at the end of the aisle. You can be more disciplined because the the, this, the cues of here's a massive big chocolate bar, they're not really there when you do it that way. So how did you, on a really practical level, start the process? Was there anything you just said, we're not like that, like we're, we'll only shop online or we won't shop when we're hungry or any like real practical steps in terms of starting the, the process? Yeah, I suppose Yvonne has a, a background in psychology. So she used to bring in this sort of traffic-like system where you'd have your green oil, your amber oil and your red oil. And your greens was the stuff that you you knew you had to eat regularly so your fruit your veg like we'd spend more time now in the fruit and veg oils than any other oils and that would just be because we're stocking up so much in fruit and veg we we've made our plan on a sunday what we're having for the week ahead so we know what foods we need so the, the likes of your your fruit your veg your meat your chicken your mints wherever it is that you're having throughout the week make sure you're stocking up on them and the ambers then being the likes of a sweet treat that you might have now and then and it's still having them like you can't deprive yourself because it's not sustainable so yes i i like yourself have a sweet tooth i'd eat chocolate for ireland if i could but i know i can't so i try and limit the amount of chocolate that i'm having do i go over what i possibly should be having on a daily basis of course i do you know but i try not to do it every day and some days i just are, are written off and i'll, I'll have endless amount of sweets especially if we bring the kids down to the mother-in-law's now she has this goodie press that you can't really keep closed so but it, it's known like it's known your limits known when to stop and if you have extra don't feel too bad about it just move on straight away but on the shopping yeah it's trying to we'd look at things and we probably do it go to the shops a couple of times a week where you're saying oh do we actually need that do we want to what's it for what's it going to when are we going to eat it nearly? Watch some of these programs of the Eat Shop Better or whatever they're called on the BBC. And you think you see people piling processed foods and biscuits, eight to ten packets of biscuits throughout the week, every week. We're, we're a bit, little bit more practical. When do we need it? We still have the two boys who who have their biscuits and, and bars and jellies and sweets and probably too much of it now. If you think back to what we used to have when we were kids, like every day they're having treats where... I remember my dad coming home from work on a Friday and having a bar of chocolate for him. So, but look, things have changed since then. The, the, the stuff is more already available. It's probably more affordable than it was then. So it, that's not the, the issue. But it, it, it's been practical. Do we really need this? Do we really want to? How much of them do we need? Do we get the packet of biscuits? We might get one. We might get different types of chocolate that we can have. 
with a coffee in the evening. Yvonne's a great baker as well. So with the Bake Off on, there's a lot of homemade baking going on, which is a little bit healthier. But again, like she made a, a pumpkin loaf, like a pumpkin cake. It's a little bit like a banana bread now, which I know there was a craze for during the first lockdown. But it's one of those things that we know, we estimate that it's 250 calories in it. So we'll have a big thick slice of it and that's enough. It's not having the second slice, it's having the, another slice tomorrow or wherever it might be. So again, it, it's just, it's probably knowing your limits and, and asking yourself in the in the supermarket, do we want this? Do we really need it? When are we going to have it? And it's being that sort of practical and precise, I suppose, about it. But that's not to say things end up in the trolley that probably shouldn't, but it, it's, it, it, it's, again, just back to choices. It's back to making those choices and, and can a large bar of chocolate last year for the week as opposed to just a Sunday night watching Room to Improve. Um, yeah, yeah. German fans' homes say if I eat no biscuits for the rest of my lives, I might be able to afford that place. Um, <laughs> if I heard you right, you say on Sunday night you plan. Do you plan? Uh, at, and was this something you did from day one? All meals for the whole week yeah. on Sunday night? Yeah, so what we do is we plan out, we look through different, we're both good cooks, Yvonne is a, like I actually did catering when I left school 25, 26 years ago, um, but Yvonne is a much better cook than I am now, she's a great baker, she's a great, she's a great cook and she was always willing to learn, so we've got an endless amount of cookbooks and probably ability to cook and the want to cook as well and I think there's a lot of there's a lot to be said about having a good cook at home and i think people that are trying to lose weight a lot of the times they're struggling on how to cook and what to cook and we're lucky in that way that both of us are are, are pretty good cooks and i i i definitely have no problem in saying that yvonne is a better cook than i am but yes yeah, so on a sunday we look through our, our magazines or our easy food magazines uh it's a good irish brand here so we we look through the likes of those magazines and, and cookbooks that we have. We might have seen a, a program on the telly and we thought, actually, that looks nice. We might try that. So having that variety and, and, and looking at something and, and instead of saying, geez, that looks gorgeous. I wonder what it tastes like. Put yourself forward to make it and say, look, why don't we try it? If it goes heads up, it doesn't really matter. We At least we tried it. So we, we plan out the week. We have this board that we got in the range that's like a menu board. So we have our, our dinners planned out for the week. And by planned out, we know what we're having. It's not a case of, so I look at the board behind me now and I can see it's mac and cheese night to night. So we make a variation of that. It's probably a, a, a vegetarian option or a meat-free option tonight for us. But we don't make them. We don't prep them or anything beforehand. We just know what we're having. So we'll plan it out on a Sunday. We always say if we're not excited about what we're having on Thursday, on the Sunday night, we're definitely not going to be excited on Thursday. So we try and have that variety and, and say, yeah, actually, I, I fancy a, one of those chicken burgers on Thursday or I fancy that pasta and mince or I fancy that tray bake or I fancy whatever it might be, that, that prawn curry on Saturday. Whatever it is we're planning out, we know we're going to want it on the day, but we don't prep. We just know what we need to buy in. We know what we need to take out of the freezer, what we need to have in the fridge. Um, so on the day, then we, we can make it handy enough. But it's not. I think that's sorry. Sorry, I think it's really interesting that it, it, it's 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 setting your intention. Uh, yeah. So that's where I would 
fall down personally that at, at five o'clock you go and Jesus what are we going to have for dinner tonight and you haven't a clue and then the only thing that's ever really available is something that's quick to make not very healthy right. and it's processed or whatever else it is that's where we felt at, at the start like four years ago when we, we started doing it we felt it was a way of both of us working the kids have soccer and GAA so you're coming in late in the evening and you're thinking what will we have will we I would just throw something from the freezer in the oven or we'll go out for dinner or we'll order something in. And and they're the kind of three options if you, if you haven't planned ahead. And all three of them are probably okay if you were doing it every now and then. But a lot of people fall into the category of not knowing what they're having for dinner and that's where they, they make the bad choices. Um, and and that, prop, that comes in then maybe once or twice a week, maybe sometimes more. Um, and that's where people go wrong so just that little bit of plan like we enjoy doing it on a Sunday evening it's part of what we do before we watch Dermot Bannon um, we always bring Dermot Bannon in I remember doing a podcast with Carl Henry a couple of years ago and, and we used to always Dermot Bannon was on the week before us so we, he'd come up in conversation about the podcast but we think back to five years ago it was the wine and cheese on a Sunday evening sitting down to watch Dermot Bannon and it was the second bottle and it was the whole you know cheese board as opposed to a block of cheese so we, we always have a laugh and bring room to improve it just because it's one of the um, programs we always watch but that is interesting in terms of a couple of things it's doing the same thing at the same time is very powerful if it's a good thing if it's as you say the difference between sitting down with two bottles of wine and uh, a cheese board and sitting down to plan a healthy meal plan is, yeah. is obvious. But yeah, look, when we, 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 we had the pumpkin loaf and we had the coffee, so it wasn't like it wasn't. It was it was a little bit healthier, but it it's just there thirty minutes of looking through the magazines, going over some of the stuff that we we thought looked nice on any of the programs we were watching, and planning it together. Getting the kids involved as well is really important. Like. What do you use fancy for, for dinner one of the nights? And sometimes they might say pizza. I might try and make a, a homemade pizza. Are we watching what goes into everything? No, because we know it's homemade, so it's a little bit better anyway. And it's not a case of making the pizzas with cauliflower bases or trying to get all these tricks around that. Have the pizza if you want to have a pizza and have a proper pizza and have a slice of pizza. It's just not going overboard now. But it's that... What? planning ahead and, and doing it together really doing it together and that's one of our strongest bits of advice and it's so true like we would have never achieved what we are trying to achieve if it wasn't for each other that's something that has come up in nearly every conversation i've had uh, and I, I was going to get to it but we might as well chat about it now is this concept of a, a, an accountability partner yeah. um, you had a very obviously in, in your wife yvonne and it, it's in, in a way it, much like everything you've said so far, Rob, it, it, it makes sense. If you're trying to lose weight and your partner is sitting beside you horsing into crisps and wine and whatever else, like that's temptation is right under your nose. It's harder. It's, it's just harder. Yeah. Um, with the, the, the guys that you work with now, because not everyone has that. Not everyone has the really obvious accountability partner where one both are overweight, both want to lose weight, both have the same goals and objectives with your sons and whatever else. With the people who come to work with you now, are, are you their accountability partner? Are, are, is there like a group? Because I know that the concept exists of joining the right group. And I think that's why some of the 
things like Slimming World or Weight Watchers are so successful is because there's a community spirit to it. You're, you're all in it together. Everyone's uh, supporting each other, encouraging each other along. How important is that? And where can you get that if you don't have that? If you're a single person or your husband or wife or partner isn't in the same boat as you, or, or do you know? It? Yeah, you know? Well, it, like it is really important to have somebody to be accountable to. And yes, you can be accountable to yourself every every week, you know, or every fortnight or every month or whenever you want to weigh yourself. Or if you I find weighing yourself can be a little bit depressing at times as well. So, I mean, that, that number on the scales can make or break your day, your week, your month. So you really have to be careful if you're doing things right and you want to lose weight. And I keep going back to wanting to lose weight because not everybody wants to lose weight. So whatever your goals or your targets are that you're looking to achieve, having that accountability is really important. But yes, you can be accountable to yourself. But I have a lot of lads that I'm working with that just want to send me an email on a Monday morning saying, this is what I weighed in at this morning. I'm delighted with myself or I probably could have done better. But it's that email every week. So they're accountable then to me. And being accountable to that person is really, it, it, it's so strong in that you want to be, they want to achieve whatever they want to achieve and to get back to me with the good news. And it's the same if you're if you're playing on the team you and you're accountable to your manager or your other players. Like you want to be that person that's making the save or scoring the goals or playing well every time. So it's being having that accountability is really important. And I try and get them to team up with somebody. So be it a sibling or a partner or their kids or wherever it might be, get as many people involved in what you're trying to achieve. So if it's changing the habit of giving yourself that 1% of a day to go out for a walk or meditate or read a book or just relax or listen to music or whatever it is, doing it every day. But getting if you're trying to get out and do a walk or a couch to 5K, when I'm talking to people about couch to 5K, I say get past the, the front door, get couch the front door. And once you get past the front door, anything is possible. So you can do a, a lap around the block or you can do a, a longer walk if you want. But once you get out, you're doing it and getting the, the kids or your partner involved is is the more people that are bought into what you're trying to achieve the better but having that person that's accountable and that's why as you mentioned slimming world and weight watchers and and, and uni slim and and any other groups would work because there's that, that accountability or, or if you're going to a gym or a personal trainer or wherever just that accountability to that person or that group every week and um, the thing is with them, and, and we did Slim World at the start as well, um, yes, there's that accountability, but you have to be willing to put in the work as well. And that's where your actions and desires have to link in together because we found it great for us at the start, but we've since met loads of people that were on that program, if you like, at the start that haven't really achieved an awful lot in four years. But that's because... People that are on these programs for 10, 15, 20 years, and a lot of it is so they don't put on weight or they'll go through bursts of losing weight and putting it back on because they're going on holidays or wherever. But it's having that desire to lose the weight and taking the actions to do it as well. So you really have to be bought into the whole process of what you're trying to achieve and thinking long term. And it's not just, I have this wedding, a party or holiday or wherever it is coming up. Um, but yes, having the accountability and you'll find as well, like a lot of people that, that go to groups like that, when they think they know everything and they leave the group, they end up yeah. putting the weight back on because they're not accountable to anybody. So on that way, they do work, but I think they need, 
there's a lot of people we came across them anyway that you know where we're losing a little bit of weight but not what they probably want to lose either can i ask rob this might sound like a really weird question but what what about it um did you ever lie to yvonne about oh yeah i'm down a pound this week or um fudge the truth about what you ate or what you didn't and i'll tell you why i ask <laughs> because when i hold when i'm my own accountability partner it just doesn't work for me because i i will lie to myself i will fudge it like i let's say the the goal was to do i don't know let's say let's just say it was to run a mile and i'll say like, i ran a mile so i ran half a bit here and i ran half a bit there and i i'm not being truthful to myself and i think it's probably harder for, I, I can't i imagine when someone's emailing you having to write their lie out on in an email to someone else that it's harder to do it's very easy to lie to yourself really easy but you're already like you've all would, would, would say and, and have i ever lied about a weight or anything no and um, because we kind of we try and weigh weigh ourselves now every week or every fortnight you've nothing to gain from lying so it's not if anything you're just kidding yourself on the food side of i've often tucked into that goodie press with it and denied that i've took that extra biscuit or that bar of chocolate or that bit of chocolate spread it actually only came up this morning where you have to we have this coconut chocolate spread and your mom was like geez half of this is gone i only opened the last week and i was there scratching my head thinking yeah, I'm having a little bit in the porridge and a little bit on a rice cake and a little bit on a biscuit and just a little bit on a spoon. And so, like, Yvonne knows quite well. She laughed and joked saying, Jesus, I think the painter has been in at the in the press again. And and that's where I started running joke that the painter was in taking the, the bits of chocolate or the bits of cake or whatever it might be. I would say there's no point in, in, in lying about your weight or what you did. Who are you kidding? You're only kidding yourself. Like, you, you're not... Yeah. You're only, you're only really fooling yourself thinking. And, and I've had those weeks where you think, geez, I've done everything right this week. And yeah, I didn't lose weight. But then if you stop and think, actually, I also ate that or I probably shouldn't have eaten that. And I didn't do the walk three nights a week. You know, I only did it one night a week. So it was when you look back and you think, actually, who am I kidding? I didn't put in the effort this week like I normally would. There's no point in lying and saying you did it because you're not fooling anybody other than trying to fool yourself. Uh, yeah, and I suppose that's really where I was coming from, the importance of having an accountability partner that, you know, if you are, because, like, it's just personal. I know myself that it's not, I don't, it's not, I wouldn't describe it as lying, but yeah. it would be fudging the truth to myself so that I felt better about myself if you know what i mean whereas uh, when i have someone that i'm sending them like with exercise they're sending me screenshots of i went out for a walk and, and here it is and then i do the same back or whatever that it just keeps you more on task and even if you have to say i've nothing to send you today because I, I didn't get off my arse or i didn't do it and it, it just works for me so i was just curious about it one thing that we haven't um really touched on at all and i don't want to take up too much more of your time but we've focused almost exclusively on eating habits we haven't really touched on exercise at all how much of firstly i love the couch to front door and um, <laughs> because i think that um it, it really makes that point about how important it is to start small to have small wins to give yourself a chance to get some momentum to lower the bar until at least you're up and moving so you get to a tipping point where it's easier to do it than not and um, how much of a role did exercise play in this whole story i'd always say not an awful lot but looking back 
like I'm based in, in Dublin Chamber, just off Merrion Square. So every day at lunchtime, I was trying to get out and do five laps of Merrion Square. Every evening, I try and we try and do a walk in the evening, get the kids out on their bike, and we go for a walk. So we were probably moving, but it wasn't this big training regime. And the reason, again, that probably worked was it was just something that we were able to add into our daily habits. And, and like, if you know about habits, about habit stacking and, and, and stuff like that, again, it's something that I only came across probably about eight months ago, the habit stacking side of things. But it was something that I was actually doing without even realize I was doing it. So every time, when once one o'clock came, I knew I'd, I'd grab a coffee or a bottle of water and I'd go out for the walk, I'd listen to a podcast. So when I'm listening to a Carl Henry podcast, I'm walking around Marion Square. And it's just adding that one extra thing that you're doing to something that something that you're doing every day. And I know you used to joke, I have an espresso machine here at home. So it takes about 60 seconds for an espresso machine to, to pour the full um, cup of coffee. So while that's pouring, I try and do 30 squats or, or punch the air or do 50 skips with an invisible skipping rope. And it's just something that I, I do now automatically. If I'm making an espresso, I'll, I'll automatically try and do a little bit of exercise every time I do that. And that's the, the habit stacking side of it. But it wasn't anything, any big fitness regime. We tried to get out and do a, a jog here and there, a little bit of running, a little bit of walking, something that we were able to just incorporate into our daily lives. Um, and, and the walking for me at lunchtime was a no-brainer. We try and do it in the evening. I'm training Liam now with the GEA team, so I don't get to do it as much as I used to. But what I used to do was when the lads are training, we'll do a few laps at a football pitch as well or a few laps at a park. Uh, now I'm involved with the training. I'm, I'm probably running around more than I would. But it, it, it's just something simple. It's starting small. It's that 1%. Can you fit exercise into 1% of your day and it, it really is breaking it down to a small amount and 1% of your day you think do I have that but once 1% of your day is only 14 minutes and 40 seconds if you break it down there's 1440 minutes in a day so 1% of that is 14 minutes 40 seconds so you have that to give yourself the 1% every day and doing something for you as I said be it meditation reading a book whatever it is that 1%, that little bit of exercise, that little bit of movement um, you can add into your day. And I think for us, it wasn't that it needed to be this training for a marathon or training for an Ironman or anything like that. It was just something simple that we could do every day that we felt we could incorporate into our life and just do it every day. It's not, it didn't need to be this big regime. It was just something that you could normally do. But isn't, isn't that the theme of this whole chat, Rob? Small, consistent steps lead to the, the big outcomes. If you just, like, I'm a big fan of it. And in, in NLP and some other kind of forms of that, they'd call it chunking. And it, it's about breaking things down. But if you walk for 15 minutes a day, the average person will walk about a mile in 15 minutes. So just 15 minutes a day, you'd walk 365 miles in a year. You know, yeah. it, you, where people say, I want to walk a marathon or run a marathon. If you walk for 15 minutes a day, every day for a year, you live done, whatever. Yeah. 13 and, and or 14 you do, marathons. You can do like a, a marathon in a month. Do a marathon in a month it starts small and you think a marathon jesus because everybody thinks of a marathon as this big huge scale and you'd always hear oh it's a marathon not a sprint and phrases like that but a marathon at just over 26 miles so can you walk 
one mile every day for the next 26 days. And it, it doesn't sound like much. And it's not because you can walk a mile. Or most of us are probably walking that every day anyway. But if you capture that, you've actually done a marathon in the month of October if you do it for 26 days. The, the marathon would have been on, I think, last week or it's in around this time yeah, that it's it was, on. So, yeah, it was yesterday or the day before. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, it, do a marathon in a month. It, it's, you know, 26 miles over the month. And if you miss some days because of weekends or wherever, so for giving yourself a target for November of doing a marathon in a month, and some people will think, sure, it's nothing, I'm doing it anyway. That's probably not who it's aimed at. It, it's aimed at people yeah. that, that maybe aren't doing it. And, and it's a great sense of achievement that you'd say, actually, I did a marathon, even though it took a month to do it. It doesn't really matter. When people are but, training for a marathon, I've never done a marathon. But isn't it, though, if you did that, then you might say, you know what, I'm going to try and do a marathon in two weeks the next time, and yeah. then in a week. And then eventually, you, if that's your goal, you might get there. Very quickly, Rob, sorry, and I, I promise I won't keep you much longer, but you mentioned two uh, interesting things, habit stacking, um, which is which is one. The other one is uh, kind of comes back on something we've talked about lots, which is uh, 1% marginal gains, success kind of building on success. Yeah. Like, what have you got... What else has come with the weight loss? You mentioned like the new opportunities and stuff like that. But did you find I, I feel happier and healthier now that I've lost the weight? Maybe I might do a bit of meditation. I, I think of it in terms of what I would call habit dominoes. It, it, you might drink more water, feel better Then you might think I'm, you get not addicted to the feeling good, which wouldn't be a bad thing anyway, but that it opens your mind to doing other things. And now not only do you eat healthily, but you also, you know, do a bit of exercise or do a bit of meditation or do a bit of mind, whatever it is. Did you have that experience or was it, we just eat healthier now? That's us. Thank you. And good night. No, I think it, it definitely opens, you know, more doors for you to do other things. And I think that comes with the, the weight loss and that you can go for a cycle or you can go for a run or you can go for a walk or you can, we were doing a lot of when we could we tried to do a few boot camps so like a treat for us would be to go on a, a boot camp for a weekend so we've done different ones with different companies uh, i think the the great thing that we're both getting from it is actually just the help and other people as well because it is a struggle for people to lose weight it is a struggle to keep it off and people are, are crying out for any sort of tips and help that you can give them and we'll always start by saying, look, we're not experts, but this is what worked for us. I'm not saying it's going to work for you, but listening to people and, and because you've walked in their shoes, I think people are, are interested in, in hearing what you have to say. And it's simple, but it's not easy. And I think it's not to get the two of them mixed up. Just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. You have to put in the work. You have to put in the effort. You have to put in the time to do it but if you really want to do what you can and that's coming from somebody that's done it so working with people now and i'm trying to help as many people as i can i, I say there's a lot of middle-aged men so to speak that that are looking for and i think that was the the sort of the audience i was looking for because yes it can help everybody really but it was trying to narrow down the audience that i relate to and and i can work with and that's why i've, I've narrowed it down to that so it's but the, the achievement, like there's no price you can come, you can put on somebody coming back to you after a few months and saying, look, just to let you know, I'm after reaching a, a three month or a three stone target in the last six months. And it's, it's all because of the chats that we had. You can't put a price on that. And I know that because I was that person that you asked three stone. <laughs> Say that again. I said, you can try. 
I'm joking about <laughs> putting a price on it. I'm just yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm being some, Sometimes I wish I, I, I did put a price on some of them. But yeah. it, no, but in all seriousness, it, it's not something that I'm looking to put a price on at the moment because I, I think that sense of helping other people and, and being that person that can help them. And it might just be that initial 30-minute chat on the phone. What are you doing? What are you looking to achieve it? What have you tried? What's worked for you? What hasn't worked for you? Here's some of the things that, that work for me. Weigh yourself on in the next couple of days, give yourself a week or two and weigh yourself again, make these few changes that, that work for me and come back to me and tell me how you get on. If you have any questions or any other queries, just ask, don't be afraid to ask, but it, it just, and it's nearly, oh, because I was that person. People are, as I said, they're, they're looking for that help. A lot of men especially are afraid to ask for help. A lot of men are not comfortable going in. Like I know from four years ago when I was in Slimmer World, I won man of the year. I don't know how many times. I won best man in the group, funniest man in the group. We won best couple, but that's because there was no other bloody men in the group, really. So, I mean, if I didn't win it, there was a problem. You know, but it was, men have this issue of speaking about their way, speaking about any sort of issues that they might have. And we know that comes across all sorts of areas of health. So it's, it's being that person that somebody can relate to. And, and people are coming to me because they see before and after pictures that I might put up on LinkedIn and they're saying, actually, I'm at that stage now. I've tried everything. I'm, I'm at rock bottom. Anything you can do to help. And that anything that I can do is not from a, a doctor's point of view or a health expert point of view. It's just what worked for me. And I think sometimes that's what they're looking for because, as I said, it, it's simple what we should be doing. We know what we should be doing, but actually... Why aren't we doing it is the biggest question. So it's trying to dig a little bit deeper into people's feelings, their their wants, their needs, their why they're looking to do what they're doing and, and putting a picture in and saying, look, this is what I've done. This is what I've changed. And it's worked for me. Um, and if you can visualize that, it can work for you. Make the plan, write it down, set the goals, work on it. Try making a few changes every day. Try and have a, a different variety of meals every week, try something new every week, all these different things that we incorporated into our life that are easy enough changes. But if you do it every day, it's consistent. It becomes just a new habit and a normal thing to do. And it, it is just the way of life. And if you do that and put in the effort, you can actually achieve what you're looking to achieve. And, and I know the results are there because I have lads that have long, speaking to a guy yesterday, who's lost 17 pounds in the month of October. And that's just from putting in the effort. And all I've, all I've did was spoke to him two or three times. He comes back to me every week weighing in. So there's that accountability is there. Um, it's sharing some of the tips. It's giving him some quotes, some phrases, some things to work on every week. But nothing out of the ordinary. It's all simple. It's just somebody telling you what's worked for them and maybe what to do. And then actually doing it themselves and having that accountability then at the end of the week. I mean, you're not some monster that's going to come down hard on them if they haven't lost weight. Because I know what that feels like as well. And I'd say, look, write it off. Move on. Start again today. Don't worry about what happened at the weekend. You had a good weekend. Doesn't matter. Move on. Let's go again. What are the plans for the week ahead? It, it really is that simple. But it, Rob, 
sorry, <laughs> I, w- I was about to let you go, but you said a word I can't let go. So I, I have to ask you about it. Uh, two things. First of all, I actually have a, a, a posted on the on the wall in my room. It's literally right beside me. And uh, it, it says today is the first day of the rest of your life. I, yeah. And I look at that every day. If something has gone well or bad, today's a, a new day to start again, to try again. You mentioned visualization and I, I, I'll let you go on this. <laughs> um, visualization is a funny one in, in my experience. People are a bit freaked by it. Some people think I can't do that. Some think people think it's a bit hokey or it's a bit, that's a lot what my mum would <laughs> call me I. Um, do you do it? Did you do it? I just, you mentioned it there. So I, I just wanted to ask about it. Uh, and I, the other thing is now it, it became in, in an Irish context, uh, real pop culture stuff because that um, viral clip of Conor McGregor went viral of him talking about visualizing this back when uh, he was starting out and he can see it and he sees himself uh, when he's driving around in, in D's old micro, he can see himself driving the, the car and all the rest. It, it's just, it's top of mind and I have in the course of this uh, podcast talked to lots of people. Some of them, like Keith Barry, who who are big into it and swear by it, mm-hmm. and it, it's one of the most important aspects of it. And um, that was a very long question to ask mm-hmm. if you did it. If you say no, because <laughs> the question's going nowhere. But did you visualize yourself skinny or in the skinny, like not necessarily skinny jeans, but you know how you would look when you Elder. lost all the weight? Yeah, I think he. You have to, but it doesn't have to be to an extreme. Like it doesn't have to be. And I would, I would guess McGregor's probably done it. I'd say Michael Jordan did it. I'd say Dean Rock does it when he's taking a free. He's visualizing that ball is going over the the crossbar between the two posts and into Hill Sixteen when I'm taking this free. And I think most champions or, or sports people will have it have achieved it. And again, it doesn't have to be in this sort of weird type of we do have that as Irish people where we're afraid to visualize things but it, it's visualizing normal things as well it doesn't have to be visualizing winning all Ireland's or, or being champion of the world at, at anything it's just visualizing what you want how does it look to you if you can if you're visualizing yourself at your daughter's wedding what does that look like how do you feel fitting into that suit how does it make other people around you feel when you can get that sort of happiness into somebody it's something that they aspire to be then or aspire to do but it doesn't have to be anything out of the ordinary it can be just something really simple and i think if we're honest and look back we probably all do it to a certain extent like going back to when we're teenagers doing our leaving cert what will it be like if we get 500 points in our leaving i'm not saying if you visualize that you'd get it but you're saying that if like people are visualizing where they're going to go in college when they're doing their leaving cert and they're doing that based on how many points they need so they're already doing it without really probably realizing they're doing it or doing your driving test you're visualizing the driving instructor saying you passed and you're getting rid of your l plate and you don't need it anymore so I think we are doing it without it being that sort of Conor McGregor, I visualised myself being the world champion and I knew it was going to kill everybody that got in the cage with me. It doesn't need to be that. People are, we're doing it without even realising we're doing it because it's so simple. I, we don't have to do it for everything, but I think we are doing it really anyway. And it's keeping it simple, but actually asking yourself, what would it look like if I lost the stone or two stone or wherever? What will I look like in that suit? Rather than looking at a picture of me with the, the buttons of the short hanging out, what if the, the buttons just close properly? 
what does it look like to me? What does it look like to everybody else around me? How would it make me feel? How would it make the boys feel? Are they going to be a little bit more proud of their dad that I, I look a little bit healthier and happier? And, and you're smiling in more photographs because you are happy on the inside. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's important, but I, I wouldn't, it's important. And yes, I do it. And yes, I get people to do it, but on a, a low scale and not on a, you have to do it or it won't happen. I think, Rob, one of one of the things I've enjoyed most about this conversation, and I suspect the reason you're uh, able to help so many people is uh, you're just a normal guy who's done uh, things that have worked and who's sharing his common sense tips with people. It's very relatable. It's very you talking to you. I believe that if I do the right things, I can achieve these things. And I, I don't know. There's something quite powerful about knowing. Uh, having talked to someone that 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 if I want it enough or if I'm willing to put in the work, right? two things that occur from that is that uh, it's empowering and inspiring, but also that it, it puts the responsibility back on me. This isn't gonna one conversation with Rob isn't gonna make me lose uh, a stone. I have to go and do the stuff afterwards, and exactly. that sense of um, reality to the whole thing as well, because people just want a quick fix and almost any habit that's worth having isn't a quick fix it's a hard work and you have to be willing to do it but it's been really fascinating chatting to you rob and, and thanks so much for the chat have you any final my final parting now bit is i suspect even though you don't have the formal training and you don't have whatever else that because what you're helping people with what you're you're teaching people or you're sharing your story it's stuff that would work in other areas or other genres do you have do you help people or, or who come to you who are just trying to do so something other than weight loss beyond just weight loss is what i'm trying to get at just because you have that common sense approach to break it down break it small uh, follow these kind of logical simple steps and you'll get where you're trying to go yeah and i think like the, the principles of weight loss are very much the same in the principles of achieving any sort of goal it's that starting small writing it down breaking it down believing in yourself staying committed taking the actions and that goes whether you're a ceo of a company or head of a sales team or running a recruitment agent or trying to run a marathon the principles are the same in goal setting but it's those little bits and i suppose most the majority of people that i'm working with individually are looking to lose weight but i do work with recruitment agents where I'm, I'm talking to them on a monthly basis you know about goal setting about commitment about habits and the majority of them on the calls aren't looking to lose weight but they're looking for that sort of inspirational story and what worked for me and how can they apply habit stacking to their daily habits and if it means every time i print something off i put 100 pages in the printer that's habit stacking and it's helping everybody else it's not going to make you lose weight it's not going to make you do anything you know other than be a little bit more popular with your colleagues but it's that sort of simplicity of it it's breaking the, the habit stacking into different areas it doesn't necessarily have to be around weight loss but the principles of weight loss the planning having a partner having accountability having the goals making the small changes apply to really anything you're looking to achieve so the short answer of the question is yes, it, it can work on anything you're trying to achieve. And um, it just so happens that what I achieved was weight loss. Listen, thank you again. And I appreciate the time. Look, I mean, the reason no I reached out in the first place was um, because I, I saw you uh, 
making one of those offers on LinkedIn a, a genuine if you're struggling or need help give me a shout uh, I think it's a really incredible thing that you're doing and, and hopefully you're paying it forward and some uh, day I'll be able to do something like you've done and help some people uh, on the back of this podcast or this journey or whatever comes of it and I think the only way we're going to get through especially the, the pandemic that we're in at the moment and the world that we're in at the moment is actually just helping each other it, it's nice to be nice it doesn't cost anything you know, other than a little bit of time, but but if we can help each other, the world will be a much better place. Rob, since you, I know you're 41 and I'm 40, we're of the same vintage, so I'll, I'll end the interview by quoting Scooter. It's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> and as someone who has over three stone uh, now to lose, uh, I stepped on the scale this morning at a 14 stone, three pounds uh, weight, which is heavier than I've ever been. Um, I've taken an awful lot from that. Um, so a huge thanks to Rob. Um, find him at robinavon.ie and uh, uh, you'll get him on, on all social media really um, what a really interesting uh, guy and couple uh, and well done them it's really it's, a, it's an amazing achievement to have lost 13 stone between them uh, right that's it for the uh, podcast for this week as usual I would um, ask <laughs> humbly ask that if you enjoyed it that you might do two things one of which is leave a review and uh, give it some stars on your podcast uh, hosting thingy of choice because it really helps spread the word about it and the other is spreading the word about it so uh, you know if anyone asks have you got any interesting podcasts recently or have you heard any interesting podcasts maybe give us an L mention please and thank you um I'm not sure who's on next week uh, and I've been uh, getting a bit of shtick because uh, I've been doing some of these interviews out of sequence from when I recorded them but uh, certainly coming up we have Keith Barry we have Brezzy uh, we have Dave Moore we have uh, a load of uh, really interesting guests so uh, please do subscribe that way you won't miss any of them right have a great day everyone